Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Scott and Kyle on Leading the Charge with Believe in Chargers, only on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Well, it's an exciting time for sports. Sophomore sensation Lamar Jackson is redefining what it means to be a dual-threat QB. Odds on Jackson to win the MVP race were at 50-1 to 1 to begin the season and have plummeted since, making my bookie's prop selection more attractive than ever. Then on the 14th, we have one of the most stacked UFC cards in a long time. Three championship fights, all highly anticipated, right in the betting capital of the world. That's right, Las Vegas, Nevada. Without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action, and we have the best place for you to go to. My bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the the player than any other sports book around. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. Now with just three weeks left in the regular season, Kyle and I bring to you what the Chargers need to assess during the offseason. We cover this week's game versus the Vikings, make our picks, answer que- answer questions, And who was this year's Chargers stud on the offensive-defensive ends of the ball? We'll find out more coming right up. But before we do that, let's talk a little about sleep. We all love it. Listen to these studies from Harvard and John Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We need eight hours of sleep. Some of us anyways. Most of us. I know I do. One of, one of sleep's biggest problems, temperature. Tough to get a good sleep if you're too hot. I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm. Now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. 
Try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, we'll refund you your purchase and arrange a free pickup. They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. For a limited time, get 150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com slash pro. That's E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com slash pro. 8sleep.com slash pro. And just a reminder that if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We are available in all your favorite directories, such as iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on the web at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on your social media accounts. Please come find us on Twitter at TheGoodSport82 and at KyleEmmanuel51 for all your sports-specific updates, charges, questions you may have, and every now and then, and more times than I can count, that's right, little bits of humor. <laughs> also, in case you are interested in some of our other programming here on the network, take a listen to the LA Football Network with hosts Ryan Deerid and Talon Graff. There you go, two guys, for all things latest on LA sports. We're always looking for sponsors as well. Shoot us a DM on Twitter, and we would be happy to promote your brand on the worldwide internet. All right, let's get to it. Kyle, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, Scott. Uh, battling a little bit of a cold, so I apologize to our listeners if you hear me coughing a little bit. Uh, it's not so nice here in Fargo anymore, but uh, I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm ready to go. And uh, hey, how about them Chargers last week? How about them? Now, really quick with your sickness, that's probably no accident that I mentioned that 8sleep.com. You could probably use one of those mattresses right about now, huh? Yeah, I could use about uh, anything and everything that'll help me get over this. I'm in the early stages too, so uh, I, as soon as I, the, the sooner the better that I can get rid of this thing. Right on, right on. Yeah, I hear you, man. I have a little bit of a cold myself. Um, my fiance Jacqueline, uh, she was battling something last week. So, I mean, it's the time of year where it's going around. But better to get it now rather than just after the new year when work starts up again. So, all right. We are coming off a high-scoring dominant affair, 45-10 to 10 versus Jacksonville last weekend. How do the Chargers make a case to win this game versus a strong Vikings offense and defense? I mean, if you want to just touch on the Jacksonville game first, and then we'll move along to the Vikings game. Yeah, I'll touch on the Jacksonville game. I mean, I think I kind of saw this coming from Phil Rivers. He, like, obviously everyone, it was well documented. He had been struggling a few games um, prior to this, turning the ball over. People were wondering if he was going to keep playing, and. I kind of saw this coming out of him. I thought, you know, this is a defense that he knows well. It's the same defense that Gus Bradley runs. He sees it every day in practice. I thought he would play well, and he really did. He kind of silenced his doubters, I think. And a reason, you know, we talked about it last week, but another reason why I think he will come back for at least one more year and just see if they can't can't capture that Super Bowl. But, you know, he was 16 for 22, 314 yards, uh, three touchdowns, and no interceptions, which is the, the key stat there so they did really good obviously we have to mention Austin Eckler and everything he's been able to do out of the backfield uh catching the ball so I mean just a overall a really good win um for the Chargers I guess Scott what do you think of it uh me too I mean I think the score says it alone I think both offensive defense really held up their own side of the bargain in this particular game I hate saying it when, you know, that too little, too late thing. But if only, like, what if, you know, like they could have been playing this way throughout the course of the entire season. Because I personally think Jacksonville is a much better defense than a team like the Raiders or even the Chiefs for that matter. And that the Chargers made the right preparations to go into those games as well and less mistakes on the offensive side of the ball. It could have been a different kind of a season. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah, I I would agree. I think they kind of – almost you know there's that pressure almost lifted off them 
in a weird sense. Like, you know, playoffs are probably done. I think they're, they are technically done now with the Steelers at eight wins. And, uh, you know, they just went out and played free. They played, you know, they play in a game that they've been playing since they were little kids and they went out and had fun. And it's always more fun when you win. Now they get a really good Vikings team, but they get them at home. And this is a fun one for me, Scott, because I live now basically in Vikings country. A lot of my old college teammates are Vikings fans. A lot of people in Fargo are Vikings fans. And I'm having I'm having fun out here predicting a Chargers win and making these Vikings fans panic about their mm-hmm. potential chances about a playoff uh, berth. So it's been fun for me this week. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough game to say the least. Yeah, and, you know, to be honest with you, um, I've always said the Vikings are one of my favorite teams to watch. I just think they have it all on both sides of the ball. I love watching their offense. I like watching their defense, of course. Um, so it'll definitely be a good game. Uh, I think uh, the Chargers need to prepare much like they did for the Packers, you know, keep the ball yep. out of Cousins' hand because he's got a rocket of an arm. Uh, but at the same time, he's been known to make some mistakes on the road. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens they, with that. Yeah, I think the Vikings actually, if you look at it top to bottom, they might have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. They really don't have a ton of weaknesses. And it seems like to me, if Kirk Cousins plays well and if Dalvin Cook runs the ball, their defense is really talented. They have, you know, been somewhat vulnerable at times this year. So they're a really good team, but I just think, you know, I've seen the Vikings. I've been paying attention to them this year, especially early in the year. They would, you know, you, they would lose some games and you're just kind of scratching your head like, how does that happen? And that's what I'm predicting that's going to happen this week. I think they're going to go out to L.A. It's a lot warmer there than it is here. Uh, they get a little bit relaxed, got to go cross country. And I think we see the Chargers team again, play, just playing fun, having or playing free, having fun, and uh, maybe a, another good a good out, uh, outing from Philip Rivers. I think the key matchup in this one is going to be how that offensive line, which I've talked about all year, holds up against Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin, who are two of the best uh, on the edge. Well, I think that's what happens with a lot of teams. Me personally, I you know I guess you know they say you're as good as your record. I think the Chargers have a lot more potential than what they showed this season. And for me personally, it's like, how do I put this? Well, they've lost every game by a touchdown or less. So, yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's that, but there's also the fact that, like you said, there's like a a pressure, uh, a load lifted off their shoulder, if you will. And now it's one of, like I said, it's one of those too little, too late scenario, too lit, yeah, too little, too late scenarios, where like you just you keep wondering the what ifs and everything like that. Like I hate it when teams do that. It's like towards the end of the season, they're like, oh. We got nothing really to play for, so we're just gonna play, have fun and stuff like that. Like you got to have that type of mentality throughout the course of the season. Like always play with your backs against the wall, like you have something to prove. Till the Super Bowl, that is. I mean, God willing that you make it, of course. But if they can play with that type of mentality this weekend, I see them winning this game. Yeah, and they have to be good. Like I said, they have to be good on the offensive line, and I think. They have to kind of hope for one of those random games where Kirk Cousins just doesn't play well. He's been playing pretty well for a while now, but he's still one of those. He's they're going to see a lot of play action. They're going to see a lot of Dalvin Cook if they can stop the run and be good. Uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, he's got to be one of the best in the league uh, with that play action getting outside of the pocket. So if he can be a little bit off in this game and the Vikings offense doesn't move the ball as well as they would like to. Chargers, you know, do some good things offensively. I think I really do think they have a legit chance of winning this game. 
Yeah, well, I can tell you one thing. If they were playing on Monday Night Football, Chargers get a 100% chance to win because Kirk Cousins is now, I believe, 0-8 or 9 on Monday Night Football. Yep. Yeah, he is. He There was that big kind of question mark on him. He finally won. I thought, I don't know if he had ever won a primetime game where he was really bad, and then he won a Thursday night game. No, and then, he, won, he won a Sunday night game against Sunday the night. Packers when he was with the Redskins uh, three years ago, two and a half, three years ago. Okay. I remember that one because uh, the Skins blew out the Packers that, that game. Yep, and then he beat the Cowboys this year, I believe, on Thursday night. But those might be his only two primetime wins. Although I thought he played – Solid against the Seahawks the other weekend in, in prime time. That was the Monday night game, I believe. And, uh, you know, in that game, there was yeah, no the way. Yeah, the Vikings could have easily won that yeah, game. Yeah, there's but, no way you um, can blame Kirk Cousins for that one. So I think he's been better in prime time, but we'll see how he can do in a, uh, in a in a normal time game here. That actually, you know, fun fact there, it was actually supposed to be a prime time game. This game got flexed from Sunday night. Um, you know, I think kind of. After the Chargers started struggling a little bit, it got flexed. Yeah. And, you know, I actually uh, skipped the first part. Usually uh, I give a little piece of Chargers history. I have a question for you. So in your time with the Chargers, uh, did you learn anything about the history of the organization that stood out to you? I think, well, the one thing that stands out, and I think people know it now, but I didn't realize the Chargers actually started in L.A. And then they were only there for a year. Um, but they started in L.A., which we you might have mentioned on, on this podcast. But I thought that was kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Then obviously spent 50, 50 years, I believe, in San Diego. And they also used to share a stadium with the Padres. I don't know if everyone that. Knows I did that. not know, actually. <laughs> okay, there's, there's one. Yeah, Padres and, and Chargers used to both, both play in Qualcomm. And then I believe the Padres actually made the World Series in – early 2000s I don't think they won but they made the World Series and then I think that kind of helped boost their chances of you know of, of winning the vote and getting their their stadium downtown so now Petco Park's downtown I believe since 2004 that's a beautiful park I used to live two blocks from it and mm. went to a number of Padres games so that's kind of what the Chargers were trying to do although we we were struggling a little bit when we were trying to get that stadium and I don't think that helped I've been to Petco uh it's a beautiful stadium I love it and it just sucks that the Padres have such a they it's kind of lousy. I mean, last year they started out pretty well in in baseball, but I don't remember the last time they made the playoffs to be honest with you. And um I just wish they would have like same thing with the Orioles in Baltimore, man, you know. Yep. Such a beautiful stadium, but it sucks that uh the team doesn't uh show up for it much. Yeah. To kind of go with the uh, the that environment. Yeah, absolutely. So there's 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 my piece on Chargers history. <laughs> Yeah, no, I like it, man. That's cool. Um, I did you ever go to the uh, original site in San Diego where the uh, I don't remember what the original chart or excuse me the Padres Stadium was, but it's literally right by the ocean across from the naval ships. Right. I don't know if I was ever there. Maybe if I I don't even know what's there now. Do you? Yeah. Well, it's a park now. It's just wide open uh, okay. park area that overlooks the bay area. So I probably have and- been there. Honestly, I just didn't even know it. There is a statue. There is a home plate plaque there that says, "Like this is where the Padres oh, played cool. before they tore it down." Yeah, that's really Very cool. cool. I love that city. It's so great. Part of the reason why I'm also against the team that moved to LA would have been a little <laughs> bit, you know. Fair enough. There's that. All right. Uh, so, do you see any? Um, what types of off-season moves are we talking about here? Uh, and in terms of the draft, obviously that's not till April. 
Like, what do you see the Chargers looking at? Well, if you look at history of the Chargers, and I know this because I've heard it out of their GM's mouth, and the you know the strategy with the Chargers, and they, he would tell the media this as well. They're going to try and draft really well. They're going to try and promote their guys, and they're going to sign probably no more than three major uh, free agent pickups in the offseason. That's kind of what you've seen with Russell Okun, Mike Pouncey, um, Brandon Beanbay, and a couple years ago, Casey Hayward. There's usually one or two um, every year. Thomas Davis is last year. Every year they'll, they'll go one or two like, all right, this is where we're going to identify this position and this need and uh, kind of go from there. So I don't, I'm trying to think, you know, obviously I've mentioned the offensive line a lot. And I think a lot of that has to do with injuries. I see him going tackle again. And I don't know if that's in free agency or the draft. I would say free agency. Maybe you get a guy who's a little more established. You just never know with the guy in the draft, unless you're drafting in the first or second round, even sometimes then you just don't know what you're going to get necessarily. So I see maybe, maybe go out and get in a tackle. And I guess we'll see where else they go um throughout the draft and throughout the free agent process yeah i think we'll find out a little bit more when the uh season comes to an end and everything now are the chargers would you say they're mathematically pretty much eliminated from contention right now i mean they probably pretty they need a lot of help yeah see i think they are um again the we could probably figure that out pretty quickly, but yeah, I think with the Steelers, Steelers uh, have eight wins. Bills have nine, I believe. So if you look at the wild card, you know the Steelers would have to lose out, and then they would hold the tiebreaker because head to head. So yeah, they are they are mathematically eliminated as far as I know. Yeah, I think the best they could do, which doesn't seem likely anyways, is uh, they're what are they three and a half games out of first from the Chiefs. With three games left to play, so that doesn't look very promising either. Yeah, Chiefs. Unless, well, the Chiefs have nine wins too, unless, so they're not uh, they're not catching them. Unless teams are in the AFC West are going to tie, which is obviously likely not going to happen. Right. But we've seen stranger things. All right, and who would you say up to this point is the MVP, offensive and defensive player for this Charger team? That's a that's kind of a tough one. Um, offensively, I'm going to go Austin Eckler, and for kind of obvious reasons. But you know, he he was really he carried this team a lot um, when Melvin Gordon was gone, and they were kind of clicking. I was probably you know they were two and two at one point, I believe, or something around there mm-hmm. before Melvin came back, and he was doing a lot of good things there. He obviously did a lot of good things last week against the Jaguars. He's just kind of that consistent player. You know, if you give him the ball, if you dial up some plays for him he's gonna do things for you so I think offensively I'll go Austin Eckler uh defensively you know it's tough I think I really do think this defense has actually overall played decent there's been you know some two-minute drills that haven't gone their way um maybe early in the year they weren't stopping the run as well as they would have liked to I thought they've kind of buttoned it up a little bit I think you know I guess the easy answer is Joey Bosa he's been he again he's been consistent i believe he's been in every game you know with melvin ingram going down for a while there he was kind of that consistent pass rusher every single week week in and week out so i will go there you know it's hard because they were missing derwin james and and adrian phillips throughout most of the year so those are two really key guys but obviously they weren't there so i'm gonna go joey bosa okay fair enough fair enough yeah i think um Despite their record, the Chargers have had some definite individual highlights on each side of the ball. 
And to your point about Austin Eckler, I mean, he was really thrown into the situation of not having started really much before, aside from a few substitutions last year. But he really car- he really helped carry this offense, uh, both on the receiving side, receiving end, and the rushing end too. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, he's he's one of those guys who's been there kind of all year, and it seems like every single game he's. He's either finding the end zone or he's you know coming up with some key third down conversions or whatever it might be. So um, he's been he's been really good, and I think I think is this his third year? I think he's gonna you know I don't know what kind of payday, but uh, I feel like they have to extend him. I don't think they just um, you know do the uh, the whole uh, I forget what we call it when you're third year or when you're undrafted and you go to that fourth year, you can, they can basically extend him one year, um, without actually paying him much. So I think you might see an actual extension, an actual contract extension. Right. And he's like, uh, I like to refer to him as like a Swiss army knife. He can do it all. All right. Now let's move it on to our favorite part of this podcast. The pickums, shall we, Kyle? All right, let's do it. All right, well, last night's game, as we both could have predicted, Ravens over the Jets. Or did you pick the Jets over the Ravens, Kyle? Were you brave enough to do that? No, there's, there's no way I'm picking the Jets over the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. Did you happen to catch the game last I night? I did. I watched, uh, I watched the majority of it. You know, I was kind of in and out paying attention. But, uh, I mean, like anyone could have predicted, Lamar Jackson was really, really good again, threw for five touchdown passes. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Uh, we'll start with the first one. We got the Patriots at the Bengals. I think that's a no-brainer. Patriots bounce back. Yeah. The, Patriots get the win. Yeah, they got to bounce back. I think they've lost their last two. I think they, they bounced back in a big way. I don't even remember the last time they lost two in a row. It's, yeah, it's probably been a while. Maybe early last year, maybe. I don't even know. Yeah, it could be. Uh, the Bucks at the Lions. I will go with the Bucks. Gosh, I feel like the Lions haven't won forever. Um, but they I want to pick the Lions, but unless Matthew Stafford is playing, it's hard to pick them. And as far as I know, he is not. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. All right. Now here's a good one. AFC South battle. Texans at the Titans. The Titans are hot right now, man. They really are. And Ryan Tannehill, I mean, I don't know what award you could give him, but I don't know, comeback play, whatever you want to call it, most improve anything. He has been really good for the Titans after, you know, the little early season change there for Mariota. I'm going to go with the Titans. All right. Uh, You know what? I'm still going to go with the Texans. I know the Titans are running hot, but I think the Texans will get it done, especially after last week's defeat at the hands of Denver. So we'll see if that's a rebound there. Uh, Broncos at the Chiefs. I will go Chiefs. Yeah, I will go Chiefs as well. Hard to pick the Broncos, although they have been a little bit better lately. Um, looked really good, as you yeah. just mentioned um, last luck. week. So, I mean, I guess if you know they somehow randomly pull out a win, I wouldn't be shocked, but I can't pick that. I'm going Chiefs. All righty. Dolphins at the Giants. I'm going to say Giants on this one. I think Eli Manning is kind of an improvement from Daniel Jones right now. Yeah, kind of the another toilet bowl here. Um, gosh, that's that's tough for me, honestly. I, I I think Dolphins. I'm gonna go with the Dolphins. They've they've kind of found something a little bit late here, if you can say that. So uh, I'll go Dolphins. Giants have. I feel like they haven't won forever either. All right. Next up, 
Carson, your boy at the Redskins. You know what? I'm going to go Eagles just because I, I believe that it's a losable game for the Eagles because they nobody really seems to want this NFC East. Yeah. However, I think they'll be slightly a little bit more motivated than the Redskins to win this game. Oh, this is another hard one for me because Carson, just he has no one to throw to. I mean, he barely had receivers last week, and then he lost a bunch more. Um, they almost lose to the Giants. Uh, but having said that, I'm still going to take the Eagles. Okay. Well, he's got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, Goddard but uh, yeah, he needs definitely more people to throw to, and that uh, defensive side of the ball is hurting. Uh, Seahawks at the Panthers. I'll go Seahawks. I will go with the Seahawks as well. All right. Bears at Packers. I'm going to take the Packers. I'm going to take the Bears in a little bit of an upset. They've they've come along here. I still I know the Packers are 10 and 3, but I still I just I'm not a believer in them yet even this late in the season. I'm going to go with the Bears. Bold move. Yeah, but they have been <laughs> playing pretty well. I will say that. Uh, but I think their defense is now beatable. They're not the elite unit that everybody made them out to be for this year. That's for sure. All right, uh, we got our game: Vikings at the Chargers. I'm uh, I'm tripling down here on the Chargers. I picked them on our morning radio show. Picked them midweek on another radio show, and I'm picking them again. I think uh, they pull the upset. I'm going Chargers. All right. Um, I would like to take the Chargers, but I'm going to have to pick against the team this week. I'm going to say Vikings win this one, especially in a battle for that uh, NFC North. Yeah, they definitely, I mean, they definitely have more to play for. Yes, also more to play for and everything. I just think they'll get it done. But I've been wrong before. I picked the Packers over the Chargers weeks ago, and look what happened there. So we'll see. All right, Jacksonville at the Raiders. Oh, talk about two teams struggling right now. Uh, Raiders have lost three weeks in a row, I believe, by at least 20, something like that. I mean, it hasn't been pretty for them. Um, but the Jaguars also coming off, a, obviously, a kind of embarrassing loss um, against our Chargers. So I'm going to go with the Raiders here. I just don't think the Jaguars have enough uh, to hang offensively. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. Browns at the Cardinals. I'll go with the Browns. Oh man. Yeah, I'm going to I don't know. I don't love picking the Browns. You know, I'll I'll take the Cardinals. Um Kyler Murray gets things going again. They have nothing to play for either. Um I'm going to go with the Cardinals. All right, Rams at Dallas. I'm going to take the Rams, baby. I'm taking the Rams as well. I just I kept thinking eventually the Cowboys are going to figure it out. They started the year 3 and 0. They've only won 3 games since. Uh, I got to go with the Rams in this one. I just don't trust the Cowboys, even though they are very, very talented. Again, probably have one of the best rosters along with the Vikings and a few other teams. I'm still going to go with the Rams. Yeah, I can definitely see this one being a shootout and the Rams coming out on top. Falcons at the Niners. I'm going to go with the 49ers. Yeah, I'll go with the Niners as well. I think they're right there with the Ravens as uh, two best teams in the NFL. Mm Mm-hmm. Buffalo at Pittsburgh. I'm going to go with Buffalo. Uh, this is a good matchup here too. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Um, they've been uh, they've been red hot since a really bad start, and uh, they just keep finding ways to win. I'll go with the Steelers. All right, and dun 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 dun. Monday Night Football. Uh, that was a pretty lousy hum. 
but uh, I feel like you could have done a little bit better. Watch out, ESPN. They might be hiring. Watch out. They should get rid of the music and just have me do it. I I agree. (laughs) All right. Colts at the Saints. I'm going to go Saints. Yeah, I have to go Saints. I mean, unless they just pull out another stinker like they did against the Falcons a few weeks ago. uh, I see no reason why they don't win this game. All right. And there you have it. There you have it, folks. Those are your pickums for the week. And next up, we got listener questions. All right. Kyle, ready to shoot? Let's do it. All right. David from Boyle Heights asks, given the Chargers won't make the playoffs, does winning out make this season somewhat a success? Um. I think I think so. I mean, I don't know if you call it a success. Obviously, playoffs are and winning the division are, are kind of your two measurables there. But I would say it at least give makes them feel good going into next year. You kind of saw that uh, in my third year, we finished nine and seven. We finished uh, with a win against the Raiders. That kind of propelled us into the twelve and four season last year. So I think you know, regardless, you want to win out and just feel good. I know there's always this the the statement out there saying you should tank for a better draft pick. Obviously, as a player, you don't like that. You're you're trying to to win football games. That's what you were hired to do. So, I think yeah, winning out is going to be good. I, again, I don't know if you call the season success, but you you call it a success for you know going into next year. Right, and I agree with you about the whole tanking for draft picks. I hate when people ask me that. It's like you you team going to tank for draft? Like, why yeah. do you want to win later? Like, even when all bets are off, like you still want to win now. You know, I don't like this. Like, oh, let's plan for the future. You know. When you get there, you'll get there. And when the se- yep. the off season comes, the off season comes. But I really can't stand it when people are like, you know, suck for Tua or whatever the heck they call tank it. Tank for Tua, yeah. Yeah, take, <laughs> take for Tua. It just – it really irks me. I, I would have to say like in, in the realm of sports, one of my biggest pet peeves is uh, no matter what professional sport it is, it's like, your team going to tank? Like, no. Yeah. We're not going to tank. Like, there's no reason to tank right now. You got to win now, okay? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that leaves like this mentality of like a losing cushion. mentality. Yeah, I think that plays the part. Like, oh no, we 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 can suck a little bit more just to get somebody better next year. You know, it 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 sends a message to your players. I mean, yep. if in fact the coaches are telling players to tank, it sends a message to your, to your players to not be accountable for your actions you know, and to do your job. Like, what are we paying you for? Not just the organization, but at the end of the day, who's really paying your salary? The ticket people, uh, the uh, the the fans. audience, the viewers, the fans. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. And if you really want to do your job and make your money's worth, get your money's worth, you know, you don't have to sit back at a desk and do like some sort of like job that bodes boredom or anything like that. You have a job that people would kill for. And um, I just I don't like that whole tanking idea. It just it really irks me. But you know, so that's your two cents. I like it. And rant. Yep. All right. Roman from El Segundo asks: With much to improve on, does this team start playing at a higher level at the new stadium with stakes and crowd raised? Um, I, I don't know if it's because of the stadium, but I think they will be better next year. Again, for me, it's going to – I think that will give them a little boost regardless of who's in the stadium. I think it's going to be full. 
um it's going to be you know like we've talked about it's going to be kind of the the show in town for at least a little while so i think they will be better next year it's it's going to come down to can you win the close games we've seen that it's been that way for the chargers when i was there it's been that way you know obviously this year if you can win the close games if you can find those one or two plays to to go the other way to make a difference in that game i think uh, you see a Chargers team with a lot more success regardless of where they're playing i personally think that I think with the whole thing surrounding the new stadium, the hype surrounding the new stadium, maybe they'll get a little more motivation under their belt. I mean, not to mention the fact that literally the week before football season starts, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett are going to be playing at that stadium. That's their last show on their stadium tour that they just announced. I believe it's uh, September 5th that they're coming to play. So I think the Chargers need a field trip to that concert to really get pumped up for the season and to, you know, all systems go mentality. Absolutely. All right. Josie from Downey asks, Kyle, what is your favorite memory as a charger? Well, this one's fairly easy for me. I guess obviously last year winning a playoff game, that was a, a definite goal of mine when I was in the NFL. But, you know, I've said this many times. This is my first game. The fact that I got to start, we won – um, you know, as a fifth round draft pick, wasn't projected to start, got to start because of an injury, got a sack, got an interception. We win the game. Unfortunately, I also got hurt in that game, both my shoulders somehow. Never had a, a shoulder injury in my life until that point. So that kind of derailed the season a little bit. But as far as that one game, running out of the tunnel, getting a sack, getting an interception, I, I don't think I could have dreamt it up much better. All right. True words from a true legend of the Chargers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We got three more to go, and then we'll have a special wrap-up edition to wrap up the season and talk about what we're looking for next year, a continuation of that. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again. This is Leading the Charge with Scott and Kyle. (laughs) We're a little bit off tune there. Let's try one more time, all right? (laughs) I'm Scott. And I'm Kyle. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Have a good night and day and afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this. Good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.